Welcome to the Legion Outriders podcast. You've got a lot of guts coming here. Your source for the latest Legion news, opinion, and analysis. You must unlearn what you have learned. And now, here's your hosts. You will never find the more wretched hive of scum and villainy. John Archiquette. Will somebody get this big walking carpet out of my way? Matt Turner. I'm not afraid. And Joshua Gray. You will be. Welcome back, Outriders, to the Legion Outrider podcast. John, Josh, and Matt here in beautiful, sunny Las Vegas, Nevada, the hive of scum and villainy. We're pretty excited because Matt just got back from a little trip. Yes, yeah, I uh, just came back from Gamma, which is the game manufacturer's trade retailer convention. There was a lot of live streaming, so if you're paying attention to the Facebook feeds and all that, I'm sure you probably saw some notifications. So that's the probably the minor thing that we're excited about, right? Yeah, I was yeah. going to say, it's, it's <laughs> There's two, other we're things recording that, this on Tuesday, <laughs> the game's two days away, but we're really excited that Matt went to Gamma. Come uh, on, man. Well, I mean, I'm, I didn't know if I'm he was excited. Back, so yeah. we missed him. Get hype, yeah. <laughs> Get hype my people. It's almost here. Uh, we got two days left on the calendar until the uh, official game drop. I mean, people have been been dropping some spoilers here and there on the internet, but... Uh, probably tomorrow, if you're listening to this on the day it drops, but... Uh, yeah, we're, we're holding strong here. Um, but we got a few games in and got a chance to actually play the full game itself. Really excited about that. We're going to talk. All 800 points. Yep. We're going to talk about uh, how that fared. We're going to look at, uh, of course, some more information from Gamma because having a little inside scoop always helps. Oh, man. I don't know how inside it was this, these days with everything being streamed, but I will do my best. And Josh, do you have anything you're going to rant about today? Yeah, well, I mean, I, it's kind of funny. You mentioned kind of the whole, it comes out on Thursday thing. Yeah, yeah. But uh, the kind of the big thing that's roiling the uh, the Internet Legion community right now, especially on Facebook, there's a lot of folks, Amazon, a couple of folks in Australia, that already have their stuff. Like, their pre-orders got sent out, and they got them on, like, Friday. And, like, th- apparently a bunch of people are very upset about that. And I don't know why they're really upset about that. That's why street dates are a thing. Yeah, so. yeah. I mean, yeah, they're like, they violated the street date. They shouldn't be allowed to distribute anymore. And it's like, come on, man. Oh, I mean, oh. like, I, I get it, but, you know, stuff happens. People live in the hinterlands of certain places. and Shipping is know, a concern if you want to make thing, stuff. right? You well, know? You, you're rolling the dice with, you know, with ordering things online like that because you don't know it's going to come the day it's supposed to because you never know. They might have a situation where... They're not getting it till Saturday or Sunday. Yeah. And, you know, it's, you roll the dice with it. I've, I've always shied away from ordering online just because of the fact that, you know, I want it on the street date, you know, and I also want to support my, my local stores. Um, but, you know, I, I don't want to order online and then get something, you know, five days after it comes out. So props to you guys. If you went ahead and, and took that risk to maybe get it five <laughs> days later and it showed up five days early, good on you guys. That's awesome. But, you know, if I got it, you know, two days ago, I'd be sitting at home maybe putting miniatures together, but I wouldn't be able to come down and celebrate with everybody else, like, sure. at my friendly local, local game store. So, you know, luckily here at Power 9, we've got a, a pretty good community already of people who are, you know, looks like they're going to be showing up for our live stream event on Thursday, going to be playing uh, on Saturday. Oh, yeah. No, uh... Uh, all the local game stores, if they're getting involved in Legion, should be running a uh, organized ki- uh, kit launch event kit, basically, that'll run Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. I think uh, we've got an interview with Zach Rayburn from uh, Fantasy Flight Organized Play, head of Organized Play at Fantasy Flight, who will talk about these kits a little bit more. But basically, you can look forward to a lot of launch events. They're going to be focused mainly on 
build and plays. There's going to be some fun little challenge events. I think one of them is like uh, some speeders and troopers versus an ATST and some other troopers. So that should be cool. Uh, we're going to go ahead and jump straight into the deep end, though, on Saturday. We're going to be running the normal events, but for those that have their 800 points built and ready, we're just going to go straight into a regular tournament. So that should be a lot of fun. Do we get bonus points if we have our entire army painted on Saturday? I mean, all the karma in the world, man. <laughs> you know, thumbs up. You cheated, though. Yeah. I, you cheated. I didn't cheat, though. But you cheated. I painted mats. I have not painted my starter uh, box. Yet. Okay, okay. They're, they're the store's demo copy that also, since it's my store, they're mine. So. <laughs> Perks of being your own boss. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, of course, we've got the hobby news coming up in a little bit. But right now, we've got to get into, uh, get into the Star Wars news. What is the latest and greatest other than, you know, Star Wars Legion coming out? Uh, well, sure, just steal all my thunder. That was <laughs> that was my big thing. Now, uh, so the uh, Last Jedi digital has come out. Uh, a lot of people watching that. But you, I mean, I don't think you, you can't go on any kind of social media platform and not see, like, all the behind-the-scenes things that they've been talking about. But the actual Blu-ray launch will be the 27th. Which is interesting because on the 29th, Ready Player One comes out and apparently Spielberg has come out and said that, yes, there are indeed Star Wars spoilers in there. In a movie uh, based on a book all about Easter eggs, there should be some interesting, fun stuff in there. So keep your eyes peeled if you're going to go see that. Also, Disney announced that they're going to be doing a Star Wars Nights uh, on uh, May the 3rd and 4th. So tickets are going to be going on sale for that on the 27th uh, for season ticket holders and 29th for everybody else basically they keep the park open later and they have a bunch of star wars themed events they encourage people to wear costumes so uh, disney world or disneyland this, they said disneyland in the twitter post i was reading so okay, which one is that uh that's the one in california okay i mean holy crap i can never keep the two straight don't uh, feel bad look when you, when you really? grow up in the <laughs> the great hoth of the midwest and, like we're not anywhere near any disney facility Wow, so. out in Moose Lake, Wisconsin, or wherever you're from. <laughs> but uh, no, so actually Prefer I'm thinking off. about going to check that out, but uh, that, that sounds like a lot of fun. And then, of course, Legion launch. So we already went over all the events going on for that. And do get involved. If you have any kind of community, show up, support it. Let people see that you're interested in the game and have fun. That's how successful communities for a game like this are built. I mean, you could stay at home and you know, listen to us or watch our live stream or something like that. But, hey, if you get a chance, go out and, you know, engage. But, see, it's the digital age, so go out to your local store and watch our live stream uh, yeah, okay. on your digital <laughs> that, that would be bonus. Uh, more <laughs> karma. So, yeah, absolutely. Do that if that is available to be you. Be like, sorry, opponent, I can't understand you. I've got my headphones <laughs> in. I'm listening to the Legion Outriders podcast Josh live is, stream. Yeah. Yes, sorry. They're more important than you are. Josh is screaming about something now, and I've got to figure out what he's saying. So It's important. Well, I'm definitely looking forward to the... Uh, the live stream for that it should be should be a good time. Yeah, no, we're going to be setting up a little commentators booth and everything, so we should watch some people playing, and then we can make fun of them and how badly they're rolling their dice. <laughs> as, as everybody fumbles through like their first yeah. full game and oh, all that. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm sure yeah. it's probably going to be. I mean, when when Matt and I were playing, it was we had like probably four or five times where we had to stop and like pour through the rule book and like, right. okay, are we doing this right? Eh. This may not come as a shock to uh, many people, but going from a three by three to a six by three and playing with the full table rules and objectives and all that really opens up the game. You start, things start kind of clicking into place that uh, you may have read about until you see them on the battlefield. Uh, we were doing a surprising amount of like note taking and going back to the rules and 
well, I think this is how it's reading, and uh, but that was really fun. But we should see a lot of that. Yeah, and shout out to the uh, the Star Wars Legion community for uh, answering a few of our questions. You know, yay! Yeah, <laughs> sometimes you have to crowdsource your right? answers yeah. if the rulebook isn't clear enough. Oh man, this this is my favorite part of like unpacking a game, especially a new one, is just kind of getting down to the nitty gritty, nuts and bolts, and like, okay, what this is what's written. How does it interact in this situation? Are are we interpreting this right? And I love being like, oh no, if you think about this then you see that you were doing this wrong great awesome please yeah so if we do talk about things please let us know because this is this i want to have a complete understanding of this game at some point i know it is not today maybe not even tomorrow but soon (laughs) hopefully by before like wave three drops yeah no it's like discovering the brave new world man it's like (laughs) hey well maybe i shouldn't poke that animal okay live and learn well with uh getting this you know 800 point game underway we had to have a second kit which hurt yeah. me deep inside because that second kit wasn't painted <laughs> so. I, I offered it to but you're like no it's st patrick's weekend i'm far too irish to come into work today so. oh i haven't got my ancestry.com thing back yet but i don't think i'm at all irish <laughs> cultural <Which> ex- appropriation <laughs> oh my god <laughs> which explains my my lack of ability to do anything productive on sunday but <laughs> Sorry, not either here nor there, uh, but yeah, I, I did manage to finish up that uh, that first set that uh, that we had for the demo kit, and you know what? Like, it's a it's a beautiful kit. It's kind of intimidating when you first open it up, but I managed to to pull through it, and it took me four six hour sessions. What an inspiring story! <laughs> You're so strong. Uh, but honestly, like, but you had fun with it, right? Oh, I, yeah. But I mean, I'm admittedly a you know huge. Painter, and you know, that's that's my biggest physically part of huge this, painter. <laughs> yes, he, he looks like a bear holding a toothpick when he's painting. It's kind of ridiculous. All hunched over. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but no, honestly, like the first the first thing that I had done the last time we talked was the, uh, the stormtroopers, and I, I knocked those out in a night. And if you listen to the, the last podcast, episode three, uh, I gave a little bit more detailed approach on how to get those done. But um, I, the rest of the kit, I, I managed to finish in three six hour sessions. And if you follow the tutorials like we talked about that Sir Astro does um, and a few of the other ones that you can get on YouTube, they're really pretty simple. And depending on how much effort you want to put into it, you should be able to get, you know, your first starter kit ready within a week or so. Yeah, a little bit of applied time, budget your time a little bit and just sit down and get to it, you know, put on some music or one of the videos and throw on uh, Last Jedi, whatever works for you. Yeah, whatever. That's what I did. And for me, that's one of those things where it's like you, you, it, it kind of seems like a Thursday release date is kind of working against them because yeah. you've got all of these other events that are going on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It doesn't really give folks a whole lot of time to paint and prep and do all that other well, stuff. I mean, that's what the, the launch event is geared sure. around is build and plays, you know, painting events, things like that. So are you going to be entering that, John? Are you going to? The painting event? Yeah. yeah, I think so. It's, it's one troop. Or one core choice and one commander, correct? I, b- I believe so. I'll I have think... to go back and double check. But we're going to be doing the judging on Saturday. So, I, w- I was looking at it, uh, looking at the rules today on that. Actually, mm-hmm. it's one core unit. There, there's a category for best core unit, best commander, best support, best heavy. Oh, so, there is. So, there's so one yeah, for it's each. all. Okay. It's it's, it's uh, the four categories of troops that we have out and available. Um, so everybody will see who's got the best gray ATST. Uh, <laughs> Woo! <laughs> yeah, right. Um, 
And so. no, you won't be able to submit my demo set for consideration. <laughs> That's cool. no, no head starts, no, because John. Because he's going to be submitting his yeah, demo yeah, set no, exactly. for best consideration. No, it was really hard. I told him to do the thing, and he did the thing. So. Are you, are you going to enter it all? Are you try oh, no, no, it? no. I'll be organ, organized. Well, I'm going to enter the tournament, but I won't be entering any of the individual like painting or anything. Well, they say that you know the most enjoyable thing is sitting in judgment of other people. I mean, <laughs> it's one of my favorite things, so I'd agree with that. Are we going to see any uh, black and pink um, and gray? Yeah. Not pink, purple. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, you will see them out there for the painting competition. Um, un- unfortunately, uh, timing-wise, some stuff came up. Um, it's spring break, uh, so kids and all of that stuff. I'm not going to really have a whole lot of chance to get out and play a whole lot that weekend just because timing. Um, but I'm definitely going to be furiously painting Thursday and Friday um, to at least bring some stuff up here for Saturday to have it judged and found totally wanting uh, because that's that's how I roll. You know, <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of menial tasks that you have to do in assembling and cleaning the models and everything like that. You know, you've got a five and an eight-year-old. You, you know, you've got... Yeah. If you never want to see those pieces again, that sounds exactly. like a great idea. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, my, my, my boy who loves Star Wars will just sit there and go pew, pew, pew with all of them. And <laughs> I'll end up finding, like, a head glued on to, like, in an armpit. And, yeah, it's – I'll handle that. I, I don't see any different from how I would be behaving with them. So <laughs> <laughs> I, I won't judge him for that. Well, I'm still, I'm still a coin flip away from deciding if I want to do an Endor base or a crate base because Oof. those are both – like, from what I saw with the guy – and I – I tried to remember his name because I gave him a shout out last time, but after yeah, I saw I that, I'm it like, up. it was one of the game stores, yeah. I guess. Uh, I yeah. think it was in NorCal, but yeah, yeah, yeah you're right. Yeah, but uh, again, shout out to that guy because I, I'm looking at that, I'm like, yeah, I might try to to mimic that because that was cool. But on the other hand, we also don't have a crate mat here, so not yet. Let's not yet. let's get cracking on that. <laughs> Come on. Well, we're talking about doing you know our next our next uh, table setup, and I'm going through some tutorials on how to do the the big trees. Yeah, on yeah, Endor. do the. So I'm thinking the that, forest moon of that, Endor. Endor's yeah, a gas giant. That's, that's true. Yeah. I mean, all we, all we need to do <laughs> the only thing we need to do a crate setup is basically like a, a six by three red piece of fabric and about twenty five pounds of kosher salt <laughs> and bingo crate board. So we'll just gather up all the salt at the X wing tournament and uh, <laughs> build a board out of it. <laughs> wow. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Got cooler in here. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's enough hobby news for the day. <laughs> so, Josh, because you've been, you know, so busy with everything, you unfortunately did not get to play this week. I did not. I know. I'm so sad that I. That's oh, a good get to thing you're not me. like on a podcast. I know, for, right? <laughs> I'm slacking in my duties, and I must apologize to everybody. That's but, okay. Uh, the, sorry, though, man, I did. I'm living yeah, vicariously yeah. Well, through you two. Yeah, <laughs> let us tell you about this awesome game that we play that you don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so once again, I uh, I had the rebels. Because Matt had put together a whole 800-point list for his Imperials already. And I was like, well, I guess I'll take the Rebels. Not that really. Yeah. But it's, it's not pulling teeth for me to play assumed, Rebels. I'm pretty yeah. much just, I guess I'm establishing I'm just going to be a Rebel player. Yeah. <laughs> like, by de facto, I'm just like, okay, well, <laughs> I don't know any Why of the rules for the Imperials anymore. Yeah. I've actually warmed up to the Imperial. I thought it was going to be 50-50. I'm leaning a little bit more Imperial now, but we'll see. Uh, I, I'm still sold on the Rebels, though. I'm, I'm Even though I still, you know, I said before that the stormtroopers were, you know, better troop choice. I, I still, still love my rebels. Yeah, we'll see what happens when those airspeeders hit the skies and uh, 
start raining down their fiery justice. So did you guys proxy any of the units that aren't in the core sets? Or? No, so basically we came up with uh, as close to 800 points as we can get. So my Imperial list was 797, and I think we're going to be talking about lists later. I'll go out over it a little bit more there. But basically it was uh, a double core set build. So uh, four units of troops uh, with all their upgrades, two units of speeder bikes with long-range comms, uh, and uh, Vader with his fun force shenanigans and uh, i think that was it yeah yeah and then i ran just the the four rebel trooper squads two uh z6s and two of the ion troopers and uh you know luke and two atrts i think it took the rotary cannons on those instead of laser cannons which ended up being a better choice i think with with that pretty solid yeah they're cheaper too they are, yeah, five points cheaper. Um, they, that may change when we see more ATSTs in the meta, but I think mm. for right now that was probably the better option. Uh, how did it go, Matt? Were you able to uh, give me my first loss? <laughs> I won easily. Yay! Yes, it was no contest. <laughs> Way uh, to knock him off his pedestal. <laughs> <laughs> or... He, I, <laughs> so, yeah, we ended up playing uh, key positions, which was basically we took turns placing out three objective markers, and you wanted to be holding them at the end of the game. Uh, we set up with uh, the major offensive, so it's kind of the L-shaped in opposite corners of the board uh, with the rapid reinforcements rule. So you're basically able to hold two units in reserve until the end, uh, well, basically the beginning, well, end of the second turn because they come in already activated. Basically deep strike for E40K. Yeah, yeah. So that was really cool to kind of sit down and play with those. We definitely had to look up some rules as we were going, Mm -hmm. but uh, no, it was a lot of fun. Um, I know... I played a much sounder tactical game than John, but uh, I didn't roll as well, and that's what I'm sticking to. So, no, you, you did get you, you did have some of the worst armor saves I've ever seen. I, I got really excited about stormtroopers realizing that their red defensive dice were really nice. Uh, the key to rolling red defensive dice is actually defending with them, and I think I was a little below average, but still, it was uh, a really close game. It was yeah. It ended up being you know down to the last turn. So with the rapid reinforcements rule, what's mm-hmm. how exactly does that play? Because we haven't really talked about a lot of these uh, condition cards and everything. Yeah, what, no, what, what range? I mean, yeah, it's a deep strike. So you it's know, essentially familiar with the concept. Yeah. But what are the ranges? So Can on you the put second it in round, the enemy's rear. How do you? How does that work? Well, before the game starts, <laughs> only if you ask nicely yeah. and buy him dinner first. You you nominate two units and you take their order tokens and you put them to the side of the board. Uh, to make sure that they're not involved in the battle in any way. Yeah, so basically, at the end of round two, uh, once both of your troops... At the end of the command phase in round two, Yeah, okay, then you you select up to two units. And then after that point, once you're both... All of your troops or so, all of your uh, all the have been all the used. units that you had selected to be held off the board, you put their command token into your command pile. Basically, yep. they can't be allocated orders or anything, and uh, you can only then bring them on the board. They have to be range two or further away from an enemy troop. So that's still quite a bit of board space uh, if you're playing like we were. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the key is it, they have to. So I had I think we both picked two units of troops basically yep. to hold in reserve. All of your other troops have to have already done their orders, and then when you act, get start pulling the order tokens for the units that are held in reserve, you pick the spot where they come in, uh, deploy them, and then they're already counted as activated for that turn. 
So it's basically at the end of turn two when they come onto the board and become a presence in the game. Yeah, but like, unlike 40k, you don't get to drop in and shoot or right. drop in and charge. Gotcha. You drop in and you count okay. as already having acted. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. But still, being able to deep strike an ATST is going to be oof. Was that? Well, well I'm, you can, guys can, can talk. You, I'm going to read the card. A, <laughs> I mean, is, is there really, I mean, are, well, is it no restrictions or? I believe I mean, two non-commander trooper units. So uh, no. Okay. Okay. Trooper okay. Units, yeah. Yeah. okay. <laughs> I was going to say, we, I'm yeah. here now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but, I mean, depending on, uh, you know, what we get for our, you know, spec ops, you know, we've heard. Oh, that sounds perfect. Yeah. We've heard yeah. people talking about snipers and things like mm. that. You know, if, if you set up to maximize cover on an advance and then basically deep strike units of snipers in behind them, yeah. oof. It was an interesting play mechanic for sure. And uh, the, the objectives that we had, and this is kind of an interesting one that brought up some questions, we have um, objectives that were placed on terrain, and they yeah. normally within the rules, if you claim an objective, it actually travels with the leader of that unit. Yes. However... This particular scenario, it required the the uh, unit leaders ba to be in base to base contact at the end of the game with that piece of terrain. So, oh, okay. which, yeah. which opens up some interesting questions. So it's kind of a take and hold kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. as it was written in the learn to play guide, we were trying to do it right where it was traveling with the guy, but then it didn't make any sense for the scenario. But going through and looking at the advanced rules guide online, yes, it says that there are some that stay put. Uh, and I'm assuming that's what's going to be uh, the case with the upcoming moisture evaporators and comm towers expansions. So. Exactly. And I think that's Wait, why we're seeing You're not going to take the moisture evaporator around I with mean, you? I mean, you could. But, uh, <laughs> but th that kind of brings up the purpose of why they're going to have the, the objective terrain that actually has the pre-established base size. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, one of the objective pieces that we had was essentially, you know, a giant house that had you know a yeah, large, we picked a, a piece very of terrain footprint. we put a little token on it and it's like okay well i guess we got to stay touching this house so <laughs> yes yeah, so for, foreseeably we could have had every model on the board touching somewhere on the perimeter of yeah. this house and then chasing each other around the house <laughs> trying to shoot each other uh i'm not you're already jumping ahead to turn five and six <laughs> sorry <laughs> we actually did do that at point. <laughs> i had like one guy left in uh, contact and john was trying to chase him down <laughs> uh, but it was a really close game, and you know, like you said, you know, it really came down to you know, the, the, after he failed all his armor saves, and then yeah. it became oh, a, a and also grossly game. misplayed Vader. I I kicked myself so hard that that was this is one of those lessons where you learn the importance of when you play your command cards and things like that. Because I grossly misplayed and just left him. Basically, Luke got three back-to-back -back attacks on Vader. Oof. So what yeah. What I figured out with playing Rebels every single time now, I figured out that Luke, even though he doesn't isn't quite a match for Vader when it comes to just straight you know dice and number of wounds, he can get three back-to-back -back attack sessions in there if you play that he did. on a Skywalker card. Yeah. You know, you hit me first, and I took a couple wounds from that. Yeah, I knocked you down three out of six, so I yep. was feeling pretty good. And then, and then I retaliated. Oh, no. And then, because I knew you had already spent one of your... And granted, you played your ambush card, which was the one pip. And yeah. I played the Son of Skywalker, I believe, which is also one Yeah, pip. and you did get the roll And I got the roll favor, off, so. so that, you know, there were a few dice rolls that swung in my favor. Um, but that one, yeah, it allowed me to then do two back-to-back -back attack sessions, mm -hmm. which I didn't even have to do because you failed your, your armor <laughs> save so miserably that I managed to kill him in just two attacks. Come on, Vader. Why no armor surge? Come on. I think it was what? Yeah, like I hit you with... 
Uh, I want to say eight or nine, and you failed all of them but one. It Ugh. was it was a lot. It was very many. Yeah, so <laughs> that was you know a fluke. We're not. We're, I'm not going to chalk I, that I one hope up so. <laughs> Holy cow! I, I if there's moral victories in Legion, you can take a moral victory from that one. Well, I appreciate. That. Can you spend dodge tokens in melee? Oh, never mind. Because you activated you activated first, didn't you? Yes. Okay, yeah. so you wouldn't have had a chance to yep. force reflexes nope. to spin up a yep. dodge token. Disregard. Yeah, so there, there were a number of things that worked yeah. against it, but w- with you know with Luke, like I said, with having that, it really makes up for the fact that you're not hitting quite as hard as Darth Vader. But you're yeah. just pounding and, away. You know, <laughs> in the game that we played, I knew that you didn't have the 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 dual attack on there, which is why I was tra- basically trying to kite my guys away from you l- mm-hmm. the way I was, because I knew you were just going to charge and then you get get all choppy choppy and basically wreck my day. You know, it's, you ended up doing it anyways but um yeah so that's a that's a powerful card it really that's is a yeah. really powerful card and uh I, I threw the force push on luke again it worked out again um it would have came down if it would have came down to you know a tie for objectives i had luke within range one to be able to throw his stormtroopers off of the objective nice that's yeah the last yeah so it, it, it didn't come yeah, down to that so but. even with that i think i had a chance for a tie and just threw it all away just yeah. threw it <laughs> So that, that force push, I'll continue to advocate for that. That's a that's a pretty powerful, pretty powerful card. Also, I no, it really, sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I also did realize another thing too. Um, you can't do battle meditation, force reflexes, and force push all simultaneously because Luke only has two force power slots. Oh, Vader has three. Yeah, so, so you cheated. Thing. So basically, I won. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. That's okay. That's, Woo, that's high the only five way me. He wins. Yeah, he's bribed the dice, too. I think I, I was the one that helped build your Luke, so. <laughs> Shh. Uh, I'm pretty sure yeah, you, you did throw that battle meditation on the last one. Like, oh, yeah, yeah you're, down on, you're down on points, or why don't you take this? Yeah, not realizing. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's another thing, too, with the, the two core sets. Uh, the Imperials will have a points advantage. I don't think it there's, there's, no, way, yeah. there's no amount of cards you can put on the Rebels to equate a fully equipped... Well, you didn't even take your grappling hooks. I mean, come on. I didn't. That's true. So there's like 12 points right there. But Rebels are afraid of heights. What can I say? <laughs> are they? <laughs> I didn't know that. I thought they were afraid of bathing. <laughs> now that uh, that the play mat that we had, the uh, the full 6x3, that, uh, it turned out pretty nice. Yeah. But uh, it looks like FFG is getting into the, the play mat game now. Uh, we saw well, them they, they definitely have been. They have a line of play mats for their other games. Uh, obviously, X-Wing has a whole slew of different uh, themed boards. Uh, they have some out for Rune Wars, uh, some of the grassy fields that we're going to be stealing for probably building an Endor mat or something like that. But, yeah, no, they uh, announced last week the uh, their little 2D kind of battle terrain uh, mat. Josh is shaking his head. Uh, the, I mean, finger on the pulse of the community. Like, I, I, I maybe saw about 10% of the, the people commenting on Reddit and the, the FFG forums. They're like, hey, I like these. These are uh, all of the people that I saw saying, hey, I'm going to buy these were like four X-Wing. Okay. And a lot of people were like, why are you putting 2D terrain on a game with 3D terrain? Like, That was my, kind it, of my it thought process. Very, it, it seems very incongruous to put, you know, okay, hey, I'm going to place this house on this cliff edge, half on, half off. And it just, uh, it doesn't look like it's going to be, I don't know. It's just, and then you've got, you know, paths and, and, and walkways. And, yeah. you know, people were fighting over whether that's obscure terrain or not. It's like, well, now I can just put 
a couple of uh, I could put a couple of terrain pieces on these two choke points, and I basically sealed off everything but this one way for us to attack. Nah. Let me okay. go ahead and try yeah. to counteract that by saying I think the mats are beautiful. They are absolutely. Like, they're, yeah, they're, I'm not going to. I'm not going to. I'm not going to argue with that. But why, why are you arguing that, Josh? Because that's what I do. I argue uh, yeah, everything. Yeah. That's your unpopular opinion. <laughs> but, uh, but well, okay. So this is one of the actual uh, benefits from Gamma. As I got to sit in on the Fantasy Flight kind of uh, little panel that they did, I got to ask uh, Andrew Navarro had a fancy flight i was like hey these mats came out how are we supposed to use them you know in a game of true line of sight it doesn't make sense and he's like well so we wanted to have something uh paraphrasing of course that uh could basically be a treated as a 2d you can just do it as flat terrain but still looks interesting to play but for those people that don't have terrain you could say oh we're going to call out these elements on the board and say that they're line of sight blocking or something like that, just basically to help people out. It, would it be used in a tournament situation? I doubt it. But if you're playing at home and you don't have a game store with terrain or, or you don't feel like building it yourself, it's an option. I don't know if it's a particularly great one, but they do look pretty. Now, did they say anything about you having to use official FFG mats at all? for? They haven't said play? that. So this is another piece of information that I got from uh, Zach at Fancy Flight was that uh, we can expect to see a full tournament document with those kind of questions answered within a week of launch. So hopefully, you know. All of our questions will be solved. Oh, gosh, wouldn't that be great? <laughs> or at least all of our questions, we can start queuing up the ones that need a fact. I'm sure there will be facts <laughs> coming for, for weeks after launch. Yeah, I know with the battle mats that we have here at uh, Power Nine, I'm I'm looking forward to getting you know some fully painted models out there. And uh, of course, since I don't have the models in my hands right now, all I can really do is put together a list. You know, and at least going back to the the, the mats thing, at least at least it saves people from playing on Warhammer mats, right? Ooh. I you mean. Know? <laughs> There's plenty of mat options out there, uh, and definitely we're getting a couple. You don't have to build a table from scratch, but uh, so you're, you're going to be spoiled for choices. There's a lot of third-party companies jumping into Legion. I know Gale Force, they were putting out, I happened to see a couple of little terrain pieces. They're actually making some force generators, some big sphere uh, or disc-like uh, ones that look really good. They also had some... Tatooine themed, calling them like space huts or something like that. Yeah. The scale looked a little small. And by a little, I mean like half the size it should be. So definitely check into it. And maybe if you've got a little Jawa village, that would be cool. But, uh, and I'll say one thing complimentary uh, about the mats the fact that they're modular and that you can plug and play together to make different. Oh, areas yeah. and looking, you know, because a lot of people are like, oh, why, why not just make a six by three mat? Why two three by threes? But by doing that, you can make points that match up with the other mats because I'm sure these aren't going to be the only two desert canyony looking mats they're going to do. You know, you can you can change the configuration of how the mats plug in together so that if you are using it as a um, as a 2D only, you know, no 3D option, um, at least you have a different play area other than the standard six by three that doesn't change so that's that's really cool going along with that too it makes me wonder if later on if you know they start expanding to to larger size games and they make some options available if we'll see maybe a four square we're doing three by three by three by three 
or you know six by six, I guess he was. Hmm. Sure, yeah, that'd be interesting for like. Well, I mean, it is six by four for the the Grand Army scheme. So yeah. maybe we'll get some a little bit more there. You know, we'll get some something more there. I'm sure so. we'll eventually do an apocalypse style you know right. event with just bring it, bring yeah. everything. But for right now, all we're dealing with is 800 points, and I know the list I've put together so far. That's uh, look pretty much the point. Did you sorry, 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 sidetrack from the list? Wow. <laughs> sorry, yeah, yeah, my bad. Jeez, you had a perfectly awesome segue, and you're just look, like crap I know, all I screwed over. it up. Because not only do I complain, I also ruin everything. It ruin everything. This, this should not be a new thing for anybody. <laughs> so, Josh, what kind of rebel list do you have put together? Um, I don't know. Let me find the trash can yeah, yeah. and see, because that's where rebels that's belong. That's not a trash can. That's R2-D2. Wow, <laughs> so, I'm, I'm assuming you got some Imperials, right? I do have an Imperial oh, okay. list. Go for um, it. It's... I, I've been really, really torn as to how I want to, you know, if I had to make one list that could be like a, a, a take on all comers kind of list, what I'm going to do. And it's just really hard at this point to, to wedge in Vader and an ATST. Um, I, I've put some builds together. I don't really like them because that really limits you to basically three units of troopers and then that's it you've only got five units and, and the one thing that i think we've all kind of seen is that volume of fire is going to be something that's going to be a game winner you know whether it's the z6s or something like that you know throwing the most dice possible is is going to be what wins you games because yeah even though they're white dice it's a lot of them um so not based on my experience. <laughs> <laughs> well, the white dice is better than the red dice, though, right? So <laughs> maybe if you're rolling it, holy right? cow! Um, so the list that I've got right now um, kind of has a, a bit of a skinny Vader. Um, I only went with two um, with two force powers, so it's Vader with force push and force reflexes, um, and then um, I've got four units of stormtroopers. Hold, hold on, wait. No, no saber, saber throw? throw? No saber throw. Yeah. Um, I, I know. What the hell's wrong with you? A lot of things. But. Um, <laughs> Continue making horrible decisions. Yeah, probably. <laughs> um, you know, and this is a preliminary list, so we'll, we'll, we'll see how it works. No, no, no. Absolutely. I, and I don't. Don't take me giving you flack as no, actually no, critiquing no, yeah. it. Because I mean, we got to play all the combinations, see sure, everything yeah. on the board. Um and basically what it came down to is as I was putting this list together, I was trying to wicker in as many units as possible. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Saber Throw was nice. Um, but looking at, like, Force Push and kind of the the, the advantages that Force Push has, um, yeah, a three-dice attack at, at range two is nice for Vader. I mean, um, you don't need to Saber Throw if you can just pull somebody and then walk into melee and chop exactly. them to pieces. <laughs> yeah. um, so... so it, it, it was a risk-reward kind of thing. And, um, you know, I haven't seen... I, I'm expecting there to be a lot more terrain options on the table than what we saw in the 800-point games. Sure. Or, I'm sorry, in the demo kit games. Yep. So the demo kit games, for all intents and purposes, if you didn't have houses or structures that we fortunately did, you had a lot of... It was very, very open. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you had the barricades there, but you had the ability to throw that saber a lot more. Um, I'm kind of guarding against the fact that I'm going to be able to, even with a a speed one move with Vader, I'm going to be able to maneuver him a little bit more. um, And I'm not going to be having as much opportunity to throw the saber just because line of sight may be blocked, units may be behind cover, ta-da, ta-da, ta-da. And that's going to really require 
a, a decent amount of line of sight blocking terrain, which as any right. as any wargamer in any system knows, that's crucial to having a good you know right. experience. That's not just you know two armies standing on opposite. Cool. Sides I'm gonna put my ATST on the opposite sides of the board and just uh, <laughs> yeah. mortar pod the crap out of you. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, and I'm not really sold on Vader as my my unit commander. Um, going oh. forward into the game. Oh, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm waiting for Veers, chopping yeah. at the bit for Veers. He, he's great if he gets within range one and, yeah. and choppy, and he's good to be able to uh, panic units um, when you play the, um, um, I forget which card it is, but the one that lets you Master assign, of Evil. Master yeah. of Evil, yeah. that lets you assign three the three suppression tokens. That's, that's a really nice ability. Oh, I felt that one yesterday. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you did. But um, it's it's... At first blush, so far, Vader just seems really hard to be effective with, just because of the the movement limitations. Um, I think after we get some more units on the table, sure. people that are going to be playing Vader are that's going to be a focus part of their army. He's going to be a a center point in which informs your strategy. Uh, you're going to want him keep him a little bit bubble bubble wrapped until you can like walk up to whatever objectives you're going to and just kill everything there. And he's great for the uh, for the anti panic bubble mm-hmm. to keep mm-hmm. around your troopers. So uh, the way that I'm envisioning playing Vader right now, and we talked about it that in the demo games, the the big tendency for everybody that we saw, whether it was on a stream or here in the here in the store, was that people were just marching Vader right up the board. Um, you know, you were saying earlier before we, we started the show that, you know, range three matters when you're playing on a, on a six by three. Oh yeah. Right. Absolutely. You know, it, it, you know, everything was condensed on a three by three in the demo games. And, you know, if you put, if you put a character anywhere, even remotely near the center of the board, range three is everybody. Um, mm-hmm. so I, I'm almost seeing Vader as almost a defensive unit mm-hmm. where he's going to be kind of the you know, stay out of melee range kind of guy. Yeah, he's going to be a, a threat bubble units. for your people right. to have to think around. Um, so so a lot of that is what kind of made me go force push instead of saber throw. So okay. just okay. to, just to, you know, I know that's a really long-winded uh, explanation. Is there anything else in your list? Y- yes, there okay. is. <laughs> no, actually, I went with Vader and a uh, 675-point initiative bit. No. <laughs> <laughs> Blue player um, wins. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, and I'm sure the, the math is wrong, but public schools. Anyways, um, so as of right now, and, and the list that I have right now is 731 points. That's not the final number, just because I haven't really decided where I want to put upgrades on troopers. Um, so at the moment, I've got four units of stormtroopers, mm-hmm. um, DLTs on three of them, Mm. Um, HH-12 on one of them, and then the extra Stormtrooper in all of them. Right now, that's it for the Stormtroopers. That comes out to about 326 points. Um, And then I've got uh, two sections of speeder bikes without anything on them. Now, I've got 69 points still available to to flavor to taste, right? Um, So if I want to throw some grenades on the Troopers or grappling hooks or the comm jammers or long-range comm links or what have you, I've got a little bit of flexibility. But as of right now, that's... That's my unit. So, fast attack with the speeder bikes. Nice unit. Um, yeah, uh, fast attack with the speeder bikes, and then uh, between the HH12 and then the DLTs, I think I've got enough anti-armor in there. I mean, yeah, it's only impact one on the DLTs, but it's out to range four. I've still got it. So, 
I think between the speeder bikes and the way I've got my infantry configured, I think I'll be able to handle what armor keywords I'm going to see, assuming either, you know, two ATRTs, a, a, couple, of, a couple of speeders. Not sure what I'm going to see, but I think I'll have enough to be able to punch through all of that. So and that's that's kind of a good philosophy to have right now because we don't know what the meta is going to look like. Right. So it sounds like you're just using core units, though, right? Pretty much. Corset yeah, units. yeah. Corset okay. units. I mean, I didn't I, hear I kept, an ATST in there. So, I yeah. wanted to put an ATST in there. I really did, but the it was either okay. Now I'm going to have to, you know, that's that's two hundred. That's 195 points just to put it on the board. Mm-hmm. So now I'm either losing like a unit of so now my choice is do I lose both a unit of um the way I have it configured now I I've got to use I've got to lose an entire unit of stormtroopers and then start taking some of the personnel off the remaining core units I've got to lose a section of bikes I, is Not worth the AT, it for you. is the ATST worth it points wise to have Vader and everything else on the board you know I would rather have Three shots from a DLT and a rocket from the from the HH12 than the the linked cannons on or the the basic attack on the ATST. Even when you factor in what General uh, General Weiss can bring to it. See, and I don't know if I'm gonna I, I I wouldn't have the points to tool up the ATST to the to the point where General Weiss is even an include. Because yeah. even then, you know, let's say I, I lose a unit of stormtroopers entirely. That's about, uh, depending on which one I lose, that's about 80 points right there. And then I lose a section of speeder bikes. Okay. Well, I, I just shaved, you know, about, eh, uh, bad at math here again, but that's about 150 points. Okay. Okay. Um, uh, it's about 160 points. So, okay. That gets me most of the way to getting just being able to put the ATST on the board. Now I've still got 69 points that I can add into that, so I could tool the ATST all the way up, and that leaves me with Vader, three core units, one unit of naked bikes, the 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 stormtrooper units naked aside from the extra the the heavy weapons specialist and the extra trooper, and now I've got a tooled up ATST that I can only use the arsenal three times. Yeah. Because well, because you got to exhaust Weiss to do it, so now I'm taking a recover action. What I'd really like to be taking an aim action, and then God forbid I get any ion tokens. You know, two ion tokens shuts down an ATST, aside from free actions. So if the enemy brings the the the, the ion troopers and is able to push two ion tokens onto the ATST, I, I've got a, a, a two hundred and forty point unit just sitting there i hope it i hope it's blocking line of sight to somebody but yeah <laughs> you know, it's worthless it, it really so, depends on what map you're starting out with though too because sure, chances yeah. are with those mortars you can start to, you know, tossing out some suppression tokens and hopefully move off at least one of those ion troopers yeah sure and i mean and that's that's kind of the neat thing that you know if you're able to get that mortar off first if you can activate and you have line of sight and you can you know because you're getting you're getting one. You're getting one suppression token for just the attack, mm-hmm. as long as there's a hit in there somewhere. And then you know it's it's got the suppressive keyword, so you're adding another one. So if they were, if your opponent was 
unwise enough to put a infantry unit outside of the range of the commander, then yeah, you, you've got a unit that as soon as that unit activates, you've got a, the opportunity to at least panic one unit straight off the bat. Yeah, if they get unlucky with their little yeah. rally roll. But, yeah. Well, a, a viable strategy. I don't know with Vader if, like, with Veers, all day. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I don't know if it's that that much of, uh, I don't know if it's worth it at this point with yeah. what we have. And that's kind of like the interesting thing you brought up is really the, the Imperials are hamstrung at the beginning of the initial setup because of having the two most expensive units right there. And you, you it's very hard to squeeze all of that into one list. Now, when Veers drops and Snowtroopers come out, you're going to have a little bit more points flexibility because they're both cheaper than their starter box counterparts. So you might be able to you know, make some more tactically flexible lists once that Wave 1 Imperial sub actually comes out. Yeah, and, you know, and of course, it's, it's Wave 1, right? Cool. You know, it's, 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 <laughs> yeah. it's the very, well, it's Wave 0, you know. So there's not a whole lot of, uh, of flexibility there. Uh, par for the course, it's not to be unexpected. Um, but yeah, it, it, there's a lot of tough decisions, I, and that's you know building building the imperial list. I was surprised just how many tough choices you have with what you have available. Well, I mean, yeah. usually you would think, oh, it's the core set and these two expansions. I'll be able to put all of them on the board, and cool, let's go have fun. Oof. <laughs> I want to see this uh, list play. Uh, give me a call next week if you get like a day. We might be able to just. I know you got the kids, but yeah. we can head over to your house maybe play. Sure, again. yeah, that's I'll that's absolutely a mat or something. something. I'm interested to see like how your flexibility with the uh, the jet bikes work out. Like, do you think that they're going to have as big of an impact in a, the larger game? I think they will. Yeah, I mean, because that was the one thing that I saw on the on the three by three with the demo kit is, yeah, they're fast. They move quickly. They they you know being able to, but there wasn't a whole lot of cover to zip them in and out of. Yeah. Right. You know, take the compulsory move, um, attack, and then zip them behind some cover. You know, uh, you didn't really have that opportunity on such a confined space, especially with displacement rules. And well, where hold on, can, where I need to write people. that down. <laughs> What's that? Move, attack, then move again? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, because the, the speeder bikes have the compulsory move, right? Yes. No, yeah. absolutely. So, you know, move, attack, move. Even even on the board, you know, your your maneuver options were kind of limited just because the board was really kind of naked. Yeah. yeah. Um, so... Uh, there wasn't really a chance to zip in and out of cover. I, I think the speeder bikes are going to be really good. And we talked about it mm-hmm. after we played our demo game that if you get speeder bikes in the open, they're going to die fast. Uh, so cover that's, one. That's some of the know, yeah problems I ran into. That's why I was making the joke about that because... Because you, you did the compulsory move aimed and then... Yeah, I, yeah. I was trying to get them a little bit more uh, killy out on the field, but... I think what you're saying actually makes a lot more sense and is kind of the realization. I was thinking, like, move, dodge, fire, or something like that. But, yeah, if you can get it where you can, like, zip between cover, it's a little bit tough because you've still, still got to worry about that forward arc. But, yeah. um, no, if you can set that up, that sounds perfect. Yeah, and you used one of your units. Yesterday when you played, you had two units, and you used one of them very effectively with flanking and... Yeah, I was really able to uh, pull him up the side line. of the board, and uh, but then I ended up letting him get stuck into combat, and you were able to focus fire. So knowing, keeping an eye on what can actually draw a line of sight to your bikes, I think is going to be really critical in keeping them alive. But there's a lot of potential for fun, you know, just harassing and zipping around the board and 
messing with people. So just going back really quick, editing that list, I took one of the co one of the units of the stormtroopers off with DLT, mm -hmm. um, and one of the speeder bikes, and that left me the points to put an ATST <laughs> with the twin light blaster cannon, the mortar launcher, and General Weiss on the board, and that gets me to seven ninety seven. I don't think you so, need General Weiss. Uh, yeah, I mean, Arsenal uh, two is still really nice right but then that what that means is that every other unit that i have on there you know i've got vader with the two upgrades but then it's personnel only for the stormtroopers and again not seeing how the terrain's going to be put if we're, how many hills we're going to have things like that uh, i don't know if i'm going to want grenades if i'm going to want grappling hooks so i don't know okay. it's it's yeah anyways that's enough that's empire enough for me, me. Yeah. i need a palate <laughs> cleanser john what do you got for rebels? all right so for my rebel list i'm going with luke as the commander big surprise um, I, I think that Leia is going to offer some interesting flexibility oh, yeah. and uh, a lot more synergy, I think, with the army, with uh, with her ability to toss out uh, dodge tokens and stuff and uh, remove suppression tokens. Often have I dreamt of a flexible Leia. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you laughing? Oh, they actually put out the uh, the Leia, the Princess Leia with the bikini. Uh, oh, the yeah. No, I, 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 mm. It's only a matter of time. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody will model it up, yeah. So the uh, yeah the Luke I'm putting force reflexes and force push big surprise um, that's pretty much it for him so he's a 185 uh, for my core choices I'm only gonna go with four rebel trooper units to begin with I know I was kind of advocating going with six right off the bat but I really want to try out the uh, the speeder so you're going with four core uh, rebel troop or extra rebel trooper in each one of them targeting scopes on the two Z6 units and then the other two are gonna run uh, ion troopers. And the Ion Troopers will also have the impact grenades because they're going to be my Ooh. designated uh, wow. Your tank killers. Vehicles. Yeah. Uh, run ATRT with a rotary blaster and the T 47 with Wedge and the long range comlink. Nice. So, yeah, I think Wedge with offering that 360 pivot. I He's think only that's a five point upgrade and it's so much flexibility. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I did not put anything in the rear arc hard points. Um, okay. I, I've seen not some, even the the buzzer or, or the the buzzer harpoon? wasn't wasn't Harpoon's that like eight but, points. But I feel like then you're almost uh, you're not. A, I, I want to keep everything in my front arc. So okay. if I need to, you know, if I need to go buzz pass and do a barrel roll or you know whatever the you know, you know like I was in the Air Force or anything. Was it called when you do a, a, a Y turn? A, a K turn? K yeah. turn? <laughs> do a K turn? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> whatever the term is, basically, you know, whip back around. I feel like if you're, you're leaving your rear arc open for something like that, you're. I don't know. It's not as effective of a weapon. So hmm. the extra points and uh, the harpoon. I can cool. see that if you if you're a master general such as you are, that can always dictate exactly how the <laughs> or field of the, fires are going to. Uh, be dictated. It's then. the dice. It's not. It's oh no, no! He has yeah. the dice luck. He's that guy. Uh, but yeah, I think the the harpoon's got a cool little you know nifty mechanic to it too. But I just see it being very situational. Like sure, as in probably. But, uh, but an ATSC. eight point situation that can really shift a game. Yeah, that know. was eight points, and the the buzzer's twenty, right? Yeah, I think that sounds about right. Yeah, and my my list was up to seven ninety eight, so I wasn't really gonna try to squeeze twenty more points in there, and I wasn't gonna. Strip down the troopers at all? Man, I say ditch the grenades, keep the ion troops, and uh, keep them away. Eh. Getting them into range one to throw grenades. Oof. See, but I'm, I'm expecting there to be somebody who's going to try to run a two two ATST list. 
Yeah. And okay. If, that's if I've got to be sitting back there, I, you know, I'm going to move those guys up because that's pretty much the only way it's going to be able to handle a two ATST list. I think we found out yesterday that Ion was surprisingly effective in our game. It was, yeah. I mean, it really kept the uh, the speeder the, bikes. The bikes, yeah, we're down to well, two actions, but uh, with the compulsory move, but still, it was. Bleh. Yeah, I, I, I see them being a bigger component when the uh, the ATST hits the board because. You, using them on, on the... In, like, two days. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, using them against the, the speeder bikes were good, but honestly, I think from the other games I played, the Z6 chewed through them faster. Oh, yeah. No, you just wait a fire. And yeah. I, I think just killing them straight out is even more effective than just, you know, stopping them from doing one move. Because they can still do... Their, their compulsory move happens automatically anyway, and you're still probably going to shoot. So it either prevents you from aiming or prevents you from moving your second time. Yeah. And God forbid that compulsory move is into you and it displaces you and then you're just in a world of hurt. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the other thing that's going to be interesting to, to try to play with is with the T-47 is, is getting used to the, the displacement mechanic mm-hmm. because as a rebel, I've not been able to do that yet. <laughs> so have you uh, have you got a chance to tool around with any lists? You know, you brought the, uh, the, the Imperial list yesterday. Yeah, so I kind of briefly went over it. But uh, so this is going to end up being very similar to Josh's because I – envision a lot of people are going to be having the situation where they do the the double corset swap and uh, having double imperialists basically what was available but uh mine came out to 797 it was vader with uh battle meditation saber throw and um the force reflexes so that was really nice uh then we had four squads of uh stormtroopers two of them with the uh, rocket launcher upgrade, the what, HH-12 or whatever that is, uh, plus concussion grenades because you have a few extra points to play with. So, hey, why not give you some options? And then the other two with the DLTs, all the units had the extra Stormtrooper associated as well, so max units with the, the heavy weapon upgrades. Uh, the two DLTs had uh, grappling hooks just in case they need to clamber onto some buildings, which could have been a interesting point of the game if we didn't realize it was area terrain for grabbing this exactly yeah i thought i was gonna have to go jump on top of a building and grab it so yeah, i was thinking luke but, might have been uh, the only guy that could actually you know jump on yeah the jump up on top and uh take it for the rebels but uh <laughs> so those and then two units of speeder bikes with the long-range communications and uh between the battle meditation and the long-range comms i didn't really have too many issues you know issuing orders where i needed to uh, even after I realized that I had issued them without that in mind and was probably cheating. But no, it looks like I was okay. <laughs> it seems like long-range long comm is just pretty much an auto-take on any of the, the repulsor vehicles, the speeder or the T-47. Yeah, because they're going to move so far away, yeah, just even with the compulsory move. It, you know. Yeah, if you care at all about activating them when you want them to, like I wish uh, there was a unit, well, there was a unit of like speeder bikes that was stuck in the middle of a bunch of, rebel troops and it's like wow i'd love to be able to activate this guy and just get him out of trouble but nope didn't pull him so i guess i should have allocated a token early on so as far as you know the imperialists in case you're wondering if uh if you're going to be seeing the exact same imperialists on day one there is a way to squeeze two atsts and vader in the same list with three core units with three core units So just tooling around. Okay, that's the list that I'm doing. Just tool around with it. <laughs> you can take you can take Vader and ha- still have saber throw on him. Ooh. Two units or so three units of three units of bare bones stormtroopers for 44 points each. So it's 132 yeah. points total, and two bare bones ATSTs at 195 each. That brings you to 300 or 732 points. So you can either toss a couple more weapons on the ATSTs, 
uh, throw some upgrades on your stormtroopers. Third but, ATST, maybe? Um, I don't <laughs> think you're allowed to do yeah, that. You can only take two heavies at this point. Uh, I yeah. mean, you can. You just got to cheat. If you want more yeah. ATSTs yeah. than friends, I brought 900 then points, you might be so, able to yeah. do it. <laughs> What's a friend? <laughs> so let's talk about your experience at Gamma. You had a chance to sit down with uh, Zach Rayburn, correct? Yeah, no. Uh, he's... He is the head of OP at uh, Fantasy Flight Games and a really nice guy. He actually was a Vegas lo- local here before he got hired on there. So kind of had, hey, I know you nice. situation. But, yeah, it was really nice uh, hanging out with him and chatting with him. But uh, it was really exciting. Uh, unfortunately, there wasn't a whole lot of, like, big reveals while I was up there Uh Again, uh, there was a lot of live streaming going on, so a lot of people, I was trying to take pictures early on, and then I was finding other people posting up the same content, and I was like, oh, what's going, oh, okay, they're all watching this the same time I am. So, but I did get to ask the question about the mats there. Um, uh, Sitting with Zach, he was able to go through, basically laid out the uh, organized play program for Legion going forward, and it's really exciting. Uh, I don't want to talk about it too much because you're going to hear it in a minute, but uh, there's a lot of flexibility and opportunity for casual players and very competitive alike, so that is very exciting. Um, Seeing they had, uh, they obviously had demo boards set up there in the big uh, exhibitors hall. A lot of people getting demos coming by. I think I saw just about everybody with a Legion kit under their arm for signing up for the demo programs or whatever. And that's how I was able to get my second kit. But uh, this is going to be a big game. And I really hope it uh, continues Steam because there is a lot of excitement, in, at least in the retailer community, for this. Uh, a lot of opportunity for fun and hopefully uh, to build community. But, uh, yeah, no, overall, very fun event. Uh, I, I always look forward to Gamma each year uh, and definitely will be going back next year. Awesome. Well, uh, we'll get over to the interview right now. In the meantime, we'll uh, try to preach to Josh the value of taking Saber Throw. Hi, this is Matt, and I'm fortunate enough to be joined today with Zach Rayburn, head of organized play at Asmodee North America. How are you doing, Zach? I'm doing great. How about you? Doing wonderful. We're very interested to hear there was a lot of information that you laid out today for the future of organized play and Star Wars Legion. I was hoping you could kind of take us through it and see what's in store for all the players. Sure, I'd love to kind of go through all this exciting materials that are happening at the local game store where we really think communities are built. So Fantastic. Uh, the main offering that we're going to have for the game uh, is these ground assault kits. So these are our recurring seasonal kits. They're a way for regular play to happen in stores around the world. Um, and each of these kits uh, is used for three months. Um, however, the way retailers can use it can vary. Um, there's a couple of different ways that we recommend. Uh, and so those three months, each month uh, you'll utilize an operation, uh, which if you can think of basically a campaign that's maybe a little bit easier to understand and get through uh, okay. over the course of a month. Um, and uh, those, can- those operations are going to be about uh, four games each. Uh, there'll be some variation down the road somewhere, but we're going to try and keep it to right around four games. Uh, and then those individual operations themselves, they'll have the instructions in them for the different ways that retailers can use them. Um, so one way that they could use it is they could schedule one monthly event, right? So in that situation, you have a store that has enough organized play gaming space for all their interested players to come and attend at once. Um, sure, more of like a standard tournament setup. Yeah, exactly. Um, so you'd have you know, plenty of tables, terrain, all that kind of cool stuff to, mm-hmm. to offer for, for people to come in and play. Um, and that would happen once each month, and you'd usually schedule that probably on a Saturday or Sunday uh, and play four rounds, basically, um, four games in that one day. So the entire operation over the course of that one day. Um, the other way you could do it is weekly events, where you basically schedule 
uh, people to come in uh, on your choice of either a weeknight or a weekday. Um, or sorry, weeknight or a weekend. Uh, and they're going to be scheduled to come in and play one game, right? So, of course, they can play pickup games afterwards. But oh, sure. that one game is going to be one of the four games in the operation. And they report their results or uh, just they, they track it somehow with the, the store running the kit? Correct. Uh, the, uh, the kit itself comes with a tracking sheet in it for the eight players. Basically, there's some cool achievements that they get to earn each month. The operations, the achievements vary from month to month. So you'll have one month where the achievement is, uh, you know, to try to win by a certain amount of points. Certain, you know, maybe another achievement another month is, did you get the objective that was the special objective rule for this, uh, for this, you know, operation? So, okay. is there any kind of ongoing narrative between the different parts in the kit? Um, so it's definitely, uh, you know, one game will affect another in most cases. So okay. things like, you know, uh, escalation is a popular way that people engage with games. So we're definitely doing that one uh, very soon out of the gate. Oh, great. Uh, and then uh, there's other, you know, things that go on like, uh, you know, based on whether somebody captured this objective or not during last week's game, this happens during the next following game. And how that applies will vary between the monthly, weekly, and the last option, which is freeform. Um, so if you're a store that maybe only has one or two miniature tables, you can't fit uh, you know, a full tournament of all your interested players at the same time, mm -hmm. what you can do is say, uh, players, please find uh, a partner to come and sign up with. If you don't have a partner, I'll take your email address and we can uh, try and find you a partner uh, as Facil somebody else comes facilitate up. Facilitate some games between the different players, sure. Exactly. Uh, and then basically they come in and play their games in your store uh, over the course of the month uh, at their own leisure. So this works well for people who maybe also just have very demanding jobs or you know, demands on their time, family uh, requirements. So it helps them you know, be flexible in terms of how they can play. And oh, each yeah. time they play that game in the store, they report the results to the, to the owner. So for example, coming back to the, uh, the operation where maybe did somebody capture this objective or not during the previous week, well, that matters, and you know, in a in a thing where you're playing the same person every week for the freeform option, uh, you're going to know what your result was last week, so it'll apply to your game based on the results of your game. But in like a weekly event, you're not going to play the same person, you know, on a weekly basis. You'll get paired uh -huh. up against somebody else. Um, so it, it basically, then it says what happened as a majority over the everybody that played that previous round, and the same thing on the monthly event uh, where it's you know one tournament over the course of one day. Uh, you'd have the people saying. Okay, uh, first round, at the end of that round, did more people capture the objective than not? Great, then that's the outcome that oh, we're going to cool. use for the following round. So it applies a little differently depending on how you do the events, but it's a great you know, way no, to come. No, it's great to have that kind of flexibility for the different store levels and whatever gaming groups yeah. uh, you might be part of. Uh, outside, of, well, so we've got that uh, with those kits. So I assume we can expect like the normal kind of like full art promos, tokens, that kind of thing in those kits? Yeah, we've got some exciting opportunities there to kind of vary around the prizes. Um, some of the earlier ones, in fact, uh, the very first kind of iteration of this kit that instead of having three months worth of stuff, has two months worth of stuff because that's the remaining time uh, in the in the season uh, oh, as yeah, the yeah. game comes okay. out. Makes sense. Um, but that first iteration uh, is going to have some uh, some really cool tokens in it for people to come and get. Uh, oh, exciting! Uh, I'm excited when uh, I believe we showed those off today. They are command or sorry, yesterday. Uh, they are command tokens. So there's a gold one for the rebels and a silver one for the imperials, and they've got the imperial symbol on there. And they're great for you know after your commander goes down in in battle, you got to say okay, now my commander is this. Stormtrooper, or is this you know <laughs> other person? Oh God, help! <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but it's you know it's it's good to be able to designate somebody else, and uh, you know it's a really cool upgrade. That's kind of what most of our prizes focus on is you know uh, being a way to show 
that you came and engaged in, in an event. Uh, hopefully, if you get one of the top prizes, that you did really well in the event. Um, but the great thing about these kits and the focus of this program that we have out there is that this isn't, you know, this isn't hyper-competitive focused. Um, okay. A lot of the prizes are available purely by playing all three or four of the games. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, it's it's a definitely a way that we're branching out a little bit in terms of how we think about competition as a focus for uh, for in-store play. This doesn't need to be as focused in that direction, but if you do compete and you do well, uh, you have a little bit more opportunity to win additional prizes. So. Okay, great. So that's uh, kind of your, your standard uh, seasonal kit that we're going over now. Yeah, uh, there's, what's there's our a, next option? Well, let me tell you about two other things in there oh, really okay. quick. So uh, there is patronage reward cards. So if you're a player right. and you go into the, uh, your local game store and buy a product for Star Wars Legion in there during a season, uh, they'll have some prize cards to award you if you're coming and playing in the events as well. Uh, to say thank you for you know your continued extra business. door prizes to get people excited about uh, to the some product. degree yeah, yeah, yeah it's it's definitely it's definitely something we want to relate to the idea that you know the stores that are running events they're the places that are supporting the game and we want to make sure people understand that uh, you know supporting them by making your purchases there uh, for that game is important you oh, know, okay. that's, that's something sure. we want to reward so that's what the patronage cards are great for. So uh, you've got a kind of a lot of latitude on how you want to prize yeah. them out to people. Yeah. Like, and hey, welcome to the game. Here's some cool promos. Of course. And, you know, one thing about these is that uh, when I talk about the three months of operations that are out there, we'll, ha we'll be providing those recommended operations, and there'll be three different ones. Um, but, you know, down the road somewhere, we might come back and say, okay, everybody loved this operation from season two of 2018. Let's do it again for season one of 2019 or something. You know? Oh, awesome. Um, so we could kind of come back to things that people loved and enjoyed. Um, at the same time, as a retailer, it gives you flexibility as well. Um, we describe a lot of our in-store kits as uh, you know, a Lego set of sorts mm. where you know comes with instructions for how to build exactly what the package says it is. But if you're a master builder, if you know how to run better events or you know your player community better, feel free to build you know, a crazy spaceship instead of you know, a city police station or whatever Lego set you bought that week. You know? um, so as a retailer, you could do something like, oh, I'm going to pick this operation that people loved you know, a couple months ago you know, instead of the one that's scheduled uh, that was recommended by FFG. You could also do something like, I'm going to make my own operation, you know, and oh, I'm going to wow. do yeah. something really cool because the prizes are tailored to fit into a model that people can understand, um, you know, in terms of earn some achievements, get a better chance to win some things. Uh, here's the prizes that you get for, you know, participating at the maximum, and then here's ones you might get for doing well in those events. Oh, great. Yeah. Um, and then lastly, there is a painting contest in there as well. Oh, um, I know. Uh, yeah, John was very excited to hear about that. Indeed. So we're going to rotate through the different. Um, the different types of units that are out there. Um, four of them have already been uh, uh, revealed and you know are coming in the first first wave and some of the some of the coming expansions. Uh, so uh, there's the uh, trooper units, uh, you've, which I believe are corpse. Uh, then you've got your uh, heavy units. Mm -hmm. You've got your uh, uh, vehicles, yeah, uh, yeah, your and then there's the commanders, commanders right? Yep. Uh, and then lastly, the fifth one that'll come out is the uh, the special forces. So. Oh boy. Um, looking forward to the first time we show off some of those. Oh man, I think we're all very excited for Indeed. that. Indeed. Um, so we'll rotate through those and then in addition we'll do one for uh, fully painted armies. So if people want to do kind of a you know, cool setup, build a diorama, you know, something like that. There's I'm sure there's a few people who'd be interested just in doing few, something I imagine. like yeah, that. Just a few, I imagine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, we'll do that one last through the rotation. So maybe it'll help people, uh, you know, paint up their models uh, unit at a time and then, hey, make, make that diorama uh, uh, towards the end. Um, so, yeah, we, we're really excited about this opportunity. Like I said, you know, not as competitive focused on, at this level. 
Mm -hmm. um, we're looking for something that's a lot more community-based, getting everybody in Build the door. Build community, exactly. promote the hobby, promote the game. Precisely. Uh, hopefully everybody has fun. Indeed. So, the more competitive side of things. Oh, yeah. Um, so, there are definitely players who are going to be excited about uh, you know, competing, showing that they know the rules and you know, know, how to, know how to build an army to the best specifications and you know, take advantage of all the efficiencies and all that good stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and we hope there's an equal amount of players that are just interested in making their army look really cool and playing with the figures that they love. Sure. Um, and by no means are we saying that they cannot participate in some of these competitive events. Mm -hmm. um, but the competitive events there you know, will have prizes up at the top end to reward those players that are coming in and looking to be the best, to, to you know, be the best commanding commanders of their I can of their, Star Wars better than you can Star Wars. Uh, I guess so, yeah. On uh, any given you know. day. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, so that event uh, that'll be happening uh, for Star Wars Legion is called the Rally Point Qualifier. Uh, and basically uh, what we're looking at here is if you are used to, you know, kind of uh, recurring store championships for some of the other games that we've mm -hmm. supported in the past, uh, like Star Wars Destiny, um, the, this is more aimed a little bit above that. Um, so we're looking for, for something that's a little bit more of a prestigious competitive environment than you know, a typical store championship would be. Um, but this isn't going to be something that's uh, exclusionary. Um, so I'll get to that in a second, how more stores can participate in this program. Um, but there's going to be substantial prize materials in there. Um, obviously, we're not prepared to talk about exactly what those prizes are or when exactly this kit will be available later but this year. But a pretty robust kit. Exactly. Very, very robust. Um, and, uh, you know, that, that will offer a qualification for a culminating championship. Mm -hmm. Some more details that we'll be revealing in April about how that works. But basically, we're going to have a, a system that gets us up to world championships uh, oh, and Roseville. Very exciting. And there will be a culminating event that is part of that track up. Um, so uh, pretty excited to share details yeah, about I that. Yeah, I can't wait to hear about those. Indeed. Um, so the support assets that will be in there uh, also include some things for the store themselves. So cool things to kind of flavor your store to Star Wars Legion. Table numbers, banners, you know, cool, cool items like that. Awesome. And then this is all, uh, you know, going to be an inclusive criteria-based store application um, mm -hmm. where we're looking at stores uh, that can accommodate the number of players that we see participating in one of these events, um, which, you know, a lot of stores out there may have, you know, very robust player communities, but maybe they just don't have that much space. And so if they're willing to go out and get a space for this event, we're totally willing to work with them. Okay. Um, but, uh, but we are looking for you know, something where we can accommodate what we feel the importance of this event will be in our, in our championship uh, kind of road. Yeah, um, any idea what kind of player count we're looking at for something like that? Uh, I can't share those details quite yet, okay. um, but I, I, will be, uh, I will be looking forward to what the response is. And as I say with everything that we do, it's all iterative, right? Uh -huh. you know, we're, we're always looking to improve and do better, take feedback and you know, make things that are going to make our communities happy because ultimately that's what we're here to do. Like we're, we're, uh, we're definitely in the business of making people able to enjoy their games more. And so we want to do that as often as possible. Sounds great. Is there anything else in the future we might be looking forward to? So we're guaranteed going to have uh, Legion at Worlds, it sounds like, because uh, uh, there's a track building towards it. It is indeed. Not this year's Worlds, just because the game will just have come out. But, Obviously. Uh, but yeah, we'll definitely yeah. build towards the track for, for a World Championship for the game next year. Um, and uh, we've got some other exciting opportunities for people to play uh, at conventions that we're going to be talking about. Oh, yeah. Um, so uh, keep your eyes on some cool places like uh, Nova has announced uh, that we'll be working with them on some cool uh, events. Right. Um, and uh, the, uh, the uh, guys at Adepticon are doing some great things that we posted yeah, about on the website a little bit. Yeah, you guys doing that uh, uh, release weekend. Yeah, and that's just, that's just the release uh, you know, there that weekend. I'm sure next year we'll have some really exciting things to talk about as well. Uh, and then uh, we're doing some cool things at Gen Con as well, so look forward yeah. to that. 
Great. Well, I can't wait to hear any more, uh, more details about this stuff and uh, the more competitive and the, the fun side of this hobby that so many of us are really excited for. But, Zach, thanks so much for taking the time again. I uh, really appreciate it, and uh, hopefully we'll see you around soon. Yeah, happy to talk to you. Thanks for the time. Well, thanks to Zach for sitting down and uh, talking with us, and uh, I want to thank you guys both for joining me for another wonderful episode. It's always of fun. <laughs> the Legion Outrider podcast. Um, make sure you guys check us out on our uh, social media handles, whatever those are, Josh. It's uh, facebook.com slash Legion Outriders. No uh in there, sorry. And it's uh, at Legion Outriders on Twitter. That's where you can find us. And just since I know you guys are, are wondering, uh, a, a, an update on our friend in Russia, uh, we're still sitting at two downloads from Russia, so <laughs> apparently our friend in Russia did not like my in-Soviet Russia joke from the last one. And well, they, they had an election last week, so well, they did. they're probably yeah. busy. They're busy <laughs> stuffing ballot boxes or something, so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but, uh, definitely pay attention this week if you have liked us on Facebook we'll be sending out the announcements when we start up the live stream so you can uh, come and chat and hang out with us and uh, get in on all the, the Legion launch fun goodness and yeah. if we do if we do put a time in there and forget to mention it we are Pacific time here because yeah. we're in Las Vegas we'll probably be so starting if, around 5 or so yeah but. so that'll be 8 o'clock for those of you on the east coast and I'm way too tired to do the math for our friends in Europe so oh yeah that's yeah. Wait, it's, it's it'll early. be tomorrow. <laughs> it's early, yeah. All right, thanks a lot, Outriders. See you next week. You've been listening to the Legion Outriders podcast. Only now, at the end, do you understand? For more from the Outriders, make sure you like us on Twitter at Legion Outriders, subscribe to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Legion Outriders, and make sure you like and subscribe to the podcast. Thanks for listening. You're all clear, kid. Now let's blow this thing and go home.